Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Jessica Fiakovic, and she is the co-founder and CEO of Exit Factor, which teaches entrepreneurs how to buy, build, and sell their small to medium-sized businesses. She is a business expert, author, speaker, and small business advocate. When Jessica sold her first business about a decade ago, she had no idea where to start. Fortunately, she, she could exit successfully and buy her next company, which was a business brokerage office. Over the next 10 years, she has built the fastest growing and most successful business brokerage firm in the United States. However, she realized that most business owners who decide to sell are not necessarily prepared to do so. She decided to pull back the curtain on how businesses sell their processes and to give buyers and sellers the tools to successfully and profitably complete a transaction. It's going to be a great conversation today. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jeff. I'm very excited to be here. So there were a lot of commas in there. You had, you had a successful exit. You have a lot of things going on. I love talking to accomplished people. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, so I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. I actually was born and raised in southern New Jersey, raised by a nurse and a, my dad was an educator, but my grandparents were entrepreneurs. And fortunately, I got to see a lot of things they did right, um, but unfortunately, they they weren't able to exit their businesses successfully and set our family up for generations to come. Um, so a lot of my inspiration of building businesses that are sellable and building businesses that are treated as assets and not necessarily like just personal missions has come from that family background, that family history. Um, and I was able to apply that when I eventually became an entrepreneur after the 2008, 2009 recession eliminated my uh, safe corporate career, which happened to a lot of people. So, you know, tell me a little bit about what kind of areas that you specialize in, because business broker can be anything from a laundromat, you know, to manufacturing, like it can be, it can be almost anything. Is there something that you specialize in or is it just, just small and medium sized businesses? Like, how does that look in your world? Yeah. So in our world, we, we have uh, three regional offices of our business brokerage firms and about 40 different brokers that work for us. So we are what you call generalists. Um, we have enough people on our team that have experience from lots of different industries and backgrounds with the size of the team that we have. However, I'm a big believer that when you're going to sell a business, you actually it's better to use a generalist than it is a specialist in your industry. I find a lot of industry like specialists get caught up in the way of doing things. Like this is the way we do a deal in e-com. And it's like, well, 
no, that's not the way you do a deal in e-com. That's just the way you've done deals in e-com. But when you work with a generalist who has different industry experiences, they have so much more creativity in those deal structures and how to get businesses sold for the maximum value. When you are dealing with businesses, like what, what would you say is like the common, you know, like the common misconception? I mean, the one, the, the misconception that's probably going through my mind right now is I have OD'd on too much Shark Tank, right? So now that's <laughs> yeah. on CNBC every night and you get multiple episodes per night and you know, you're always just like, okay, like, is that a good valuation? Is that a bad valuation? Like, where are they going with this? How do you help people navigate, you know, uh, first of all, manage their expectations. Like they may think that they have a $5 million business, but they really don't. Right. Versus, you know, someone who has, you know, like where the business has been, you know, like all Jeff all the time, like how, you know, and then they want to sell that. And then they realize, Oh shoot, how, like, how do I disengage myself, you know, and take myself out of this business so that I can sell it either to my kids or to someone else and make a profit and do something with that. How does that look? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You, you bring up the two biggest misconceptions. Like I actually think it's funny when we watch shark tank, Mr. Wonderful, um, is closest to reality and he's still even overvalues businesses. So, um, that gives you an idea of kind of, you know, the, the reality of the situation we're working with, with business values. So the one big misconception is people often overvalue their company. Um, and it's just because valuation is a very complex topic and, there's a lot of information on the internet of like, oh, your company is worth, you know, two times earnings or whatever. And, and it simplifies it down and you can't simplify it down. You, you really have to look at the dynamics of every business to understand what the value is and then compare it to what's actually going on in the market. So one of the big misconceptions is people overvaluing their business. Um, it's always worth one, 10 or a hundred million dollars. Like I joke, it's never, someone never, never comes to me and it's like, I think it's worth 2.64 million. No, it's always one, 10 or a hundred million. But the other biggest misconception we have is people also undervalue or feel like their businesses aren't sellable. And the truth is that very small businesses sell every year by the thousands. Um, so there's businesses that sell for as little as 10 or $20,000 a year. Yes, there's deals that go up to this billion dollars, but if you look at the marketplace, the average deal size is just over like $300,000. So small businesses sell all the time, even if they're the owner, still the operator in the business and, you know, all Jess, all Jeff, all the time, those deals still happen. So it's interesting. Those are the two biggest misconceptions and they're on the complete opposite sides of the spectrum of expect expectations. So what is your magic formula for figuring out valuation, right? I mean, yeah. first of all, it's one thing for them to come and say, I feel my business is worth X, right? And anyone can open up QuickBooks and look at the P&L and the balance sheet and all that. How do you help bring them back to reality or even tell them like, hey, this is actually worth a lot more. You know, here, here are some strategies on how to do that. Yeah. So first we, we look at the market method and the market method is, is very similar to how you would do kind of housing analysis. So there are databases of private sales that have been done in, in across small businesses, mid-sized businesses. So first you start there and you say, okay, what is a business that's size between one and 5 million in revenue in the cleaning industry worth? And you can see what businesses are actually selling in that industry. 
Um, most of those valuations are based on a multiple of earnings or a multiple of EBITDA. So that's where we, we kind of start there and we say, okay, there were, that business is worth between one and four times EBITDA. So then there's a quantitative piece, right? There's a quantitative, like how much EBITDA is in any particular company. And that's, that's a number. It's a formula. It's pretty easy to calculate off your PL or for your accountant to do that. So that's the quantity side, right? The harder thing to do is the quality side. It's like, all right. So if you have a company that generates a hundred thousand in EBITDA, what, what makes one company worth one times that EBITDA and another company worth say four or five times. And that's the quality aspect. And that's going into different areas of the business is like, how is the business run? How involved is the owner? What's the structure in terms of products and services? Is there recurring revenue? How, what's the growth potential of this? So through my company Exit Factor, we've been able to identify basically 12 different areas that dictate that qualitative score of what buyers are willing to pay for and then what some buyers are willing to pay a lot. Um, and that's that's really there. The buyers ultimately are dictating what's a one and what's a four. What are they looking in terms of the the qualities of those businesses? So have you ever been surprised where you think it's going to sell for 1.5 or, or two times EBITDA. And then someone comes around and it's like, yeah, I'll give you 3.5 or four. Like, you know, yeah. That look? yeah, there's, I mean, there's surprises all the time. One that just came to mind is, um, so we, one of our team members, uh, recently sold a business that sold rocks, right? Like rocks that you pick up out of the, the forest. People need to buy rocks. I have a bag of rocks in my garage. There you go. Well, so these were like, I think these are more like designer rocks or like touristy rocks type things. So we're like, all right. How, I mean, so like, what is, yeah, I'm like, what, like what's, there's still rocks. Right. And I'm like, so maybe it'll go for like two, two and a half, three times. Like not only did it go for a board, but we had a bidding war over this business, but it, and it, and it kind of goes back to like, I think what surprises me sometimes on the businesses is it's a type of business or maybe I don't see the opportunity, but it always goes back to what the buyers are looking for is they're looking for, and we talked about this, they're, they're looking for assets. Like they're looking for sellable assets that they can turn a profit on in the future. They're not necessarily tied to as much what the business does or even how they do it, but like, what's the potential for growth? What's the potential for ROI? And honestly, how, how little, of an effort they have to put into it. Like, can they be an owner absentee? Can they just be the CEO? So they're, they're looking for those opportunities where like, yeah, this is going to generate a lot of cash flow, and I don't have to do that much work in it. That's very interesting. You know, one of the things I find is that, you know, the, some of these things that you're talking about are, you know, kind of opaque, like they're not transparent, right? They're not the, there to just, you know, just really cold, hard numbers. And you're right, you know, like what a number means to one person doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to another, you know, and yeah. that's the cold, hard reality that people get on Shark Tank. And also when they come see you and they're like, well, I really want 5 million. No, well, you're probably going to get two. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Right. You know, things like that. How can a business build itself so that they are setting themselves up for this sale? Right. You know, because I think I think a lot of business owners, you know, they're they're probably so waist deep in the operations of it and just getting things out and their personalities are so tied into it that, you know, they sort of lose focus on, you know, like, uh, so are are my assets, my clients that pay me every month, the recurring revenue are my assets, the tools that I use or the automations that I set up or, you know, like what goes into that? How do you help people figure out, you know, like even initially 
you know, where the value actually comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing, if we go back to that valuation formula, the first thing I always start with is earnings of a business. So it's half the equation, like earnings time multiple times multiple equals valuation. And no matter how we slice and dice our, our companies, ultimately buyers are focused on how much money the business makes, how much profit there is. So the first step is always maximizing the profitability of the company, maximizing its earnings, maximizing efficiency, not focus so much on the driving revenue, but folk refocusing on driving profitability. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, and I've been in this bucket myself too, we've been so focused on growth or building the right business that sometimes we're more focused on the operations, the processes, the assets that we're building, the, the top line number that we forget about profitability and really making sure that number, that profit number is as big as it can be. And that's, that's really the first thing to do, um, to start in terms of building a company for sale or making sure that you're going to maximize the value is just start with profit. You know, uh, it's interesting. I've had a number of, uh, profit first, uh, people on this show okay. and you know, it is such an interesting concept, you know, first of all, you know, make sure that you get rid of all your expenses and you, you know, you, but you take care of your profit first and then you put all your, you know, put all your expenses into separate buckets. And when I try to explain it to people, like, they're like, really, you have eight bank accounts? I'm like, yeah, you know, like that's, you know, that's really how to do it. But it does help, you know, with accounting, it does help, you know, really symbolize and figure out, you know, what parts are going well and what parts aren't. So, you know, I think that's really interesting. Tell me a little bit about a success story that you had. You know, like that somebody who comes in and, you know, they think that their business is worth, you know, X, but you're like, no, no, I can get you Y plus. Yeah. How did that look? Yeah. So we had, um, we had a great business last year. It was in the medical spa industry and it was an interesting business because the owner came to us and she had built a relatively successful practice. It had recurring revenue, which is super desirable for buyers. Um, it was hands-off. So she had a whole leadership team in place and she rarely went into the business. Also very desirable for buyers as well. But there was some major detractors from the value of that company. One being she was almost too hands off, right? So there was really no processes, procedures um, that were being followed. Uh, the contracts between employees and, you know, some of the clients were very loose, which both of those things are very important in, in most businesses, but especially in a medical type practice. And lastly, your books and records were not quite in the order that we would want to see them when we were going to sell the business, knowing that a buyer is going to inspect those and due diligence. So a couple detractors, but not too big of fixes, right? So we we're able to work on that business and work on those three areas of improvement over nine months. And nine months later, she listed the business for sale. Um, she had a competitive bidding process. And in uh, within a week, she had it under contract um, and ultimately sold that business for almost double what it was originally valued at nine months earlier. Wow. What a great success, success story. I mean, really what you're talking about here is, you know, like, you know, getting those books in order, which I think is, you know, was paramount. Yep. Right. But also trying to figure out like, you know, those, the, those processes are, are so important. I think most owner operators almost forget that because there's so much that goes on in their head. Like, oh, I can do this with my eyes closed or it'll, or I think the best one is it'll take me longer to teach somebody right. to do this than it would for me to just do it. Right. And they just don't realize how big of a hole they're shooting in their foot when they do that. Right. Yeah. Because they're, they're really leaving it in a, you know, in a place, well, if everything's you, 
you can't go on that week cruise, buddy. Yeah, you know, totally. you can't, you can't yeah. disengage or, or if you're, if you're stressing out on that transatlantic flight that you're off the grid for eight hours, like something needs to change. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of business owners really need to think about that, that they really need to get to a point where they can make that happen. So yeah. that's really great. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much for sharing that. Tell people where they can find you. How can they reach out to you and where can they find you online if they want to learn more? Yeah. If you want to learn more, you can go to our website, exitfactor.com. Um, actually, if you go to exitfactor.com backslash podcast too, there's a bunch of free resources um, and even a free assessment to take. And I'm on most social media platforms, which are all linked to our Exit Factor website too. Amazing. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot thank of fun. You, Jeff. Yeah, it's been so much fun. I love talking about this. I, lo I love uh, batting the stuff back and forth. And it's really interesting how, you know, like uh, how different people can do, you know, like uh, basically the same stuff and get a different result. So it really speaks to professionalism and what you can do for that. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.